return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Praise the Lord. Well, stand with me this morning. <clears throat> God is good. Oh, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, they are ministering in California this week, uh, this weekend, and so they are coming back uh, today. They'll get back tonight, and, uh, and so that's been good. I just spoke with them this morning, and they've had a great time ministering there at a marriage conference. So, praise the Lord. All right, did you bring your Bibles today? Say it with me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, <clears throat> amen. Hallelujah. And I love ministering the gospel and, and just looking through it because, you know, it's, it's different than giving a speech because when we're giving a speech, we're rehearsing things and it might be about our opinions or different experiences that we go through. Not that um, experiences don't tie into some of this, but when we're, when we're preaching the word, it's coming out of the word of God. Amen. It's like a backup. It's, it's not my opinion that I'm trying to give. Amen. But I'm, a, I'm believing and I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through me. Amen. To, to tell us what he wants to tell us. Amen. And, and that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. And it's not just about a, somebody who preaches from the pulpit. Uh, but in, in our everyday life, we want to say things that line up with the Word of God. Amen. Amen. We don't want to talk about necessarily what we what we think or our opinions about different areas, but no, if it's in the Word, there's safety in the Word. Amen? Amen. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower. Those, the righteous run into it and are safe. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So we want to be, get our safety from the Word. And the topic tonight, today I want to talk about is dealing with attacks of the enemy. Amen? And, and we, every day, face things, right? Every week we go through struggles. There's not, a, not one of us is perfect. Not in here, not one of us doesn't go through something during the week uh, that maybe throws us off or tries to throw us off, right? And uh, we have to know where those attacks come from. Pastor Dave always talks about if you have an opponent, they have a different colored jersey on, so you know who your opponent is. Yeah. Amen. And so we want to know who our opponent is. And uh, if we go to John 10.10, 10, it talks about, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come, they may have life, they have it more abundantly. So our opponent wants to steal, kill, and to, to destroy our lives. That's what his goal is. That's what he wants. That's his purpose in life. Amen. Is 
Jesus says they hate you because they first hated me. You know, and so they, because Satan hates Jesus so much, he hates us, right? So he wants to steal from us. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy lives, right? And then we get to 1 Peter 5.8. And the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So we get to 1 Peter verse 8, and it says that we need to be aware We need to be alert because it says that our adversary and an adversary is an enemy, somebody who's against you. Right. And so our adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion. Amen. if he doesn't, if we don't allow him to be a roaring lion in our life, he won't be a roaring lion in our life. Amen. He might look like it, but there's no teeth when he tries to attack. If we know who we are in the name in Jesus. Amen. He walks about like a roaring lion. And it says that he seeks whom he may devour. It doesn't say that he goes around devouring people, but he seeks. You know, it's like, a, you know, if you've ever seen Animal Planet and the lion kind of picks out the weakest member of the herd. They try to get it by itself so that it can, that they can attack it. Well, that's what the devil wants to do. Right? He, wants to, he wants to attack us um, when our faith is maybe low. Right? Or he wants to attack us when our confidence is really high. And so he seeks whom he may devour. It doesn't mean that he's going to devour you, but we need to know and we need to understand that we have authority to come against, to, uh, to thwart the devil's plan for your life. We have the authority, God-given authority, and we're going to talk about that a lot today, about our authority that Jesus gave us that we can thwart any attack that the enemy has for you. So this is Satan. In a nutshell, this is Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. He's a liar. The Bible says he's a father. He's a liar and the father of it. He, he's a liar. So whenever the devil tells you something, you can, you can know that, well, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's not true. When the devil says that, well, you can't do that, it's impossible for you to do, we go back to the scriptures and we say, no, with God, all things are possible. Amen. We have the one... Who, who can do impossible things living on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. So all things are possible for, with Jesus in our life. Amen. So he's going to tell you that you're not worth it, that you're not righteous. And, but the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. So you even think about when Jesus, when he was being tempted by the devil, what did Jesus do? He used scriptures, amen, to come against what the enemy was trying to tell him. Amen. And we can use the Bible. The Bible isn't a defensive weapon. It's an offensive weapon. Amen. Amen. So when we use the word and we use scripture, uh, we're actually going on the offensive. We're going on the attack. Amen. When we ask, when we're going through something and we're asked the Lord, Lord, what should I do? I've talked about this before, but David, when he was fighting the Philistines in the Valley of Rephaim and, uh, and he asked the Lord, Lord, how should I defeat the Philistines? And he said, if I go to them, will you deliver them into my hand? And God said, yes, I will go and defeat them. And he goes and he defeats them. And then the next verse, the Bible talks about where the same valley, the same enemy, the Philistines, David had another choice. And David said, Lord, do you want me to go up as before? And you'll deliver them into my hand. And God says, no, I don't want you to go up like you did before, but lay in wait. Amen. there was a different strategy, right? In life, as we hear the voice of the Lord, he's going to give us different strategies 
to defend or attack the enemy and what he wants us wants what the enemy wants for our life. Amen. And we have we can have a different strategy to go against the enemy. We don't want to just do it how it's always been done because the Bible there's no there's not a formula. Amen. But there's there's things. I mean there's there's a ton of knowledge and a wealth of knowledge in the word, right? And and one time I was I was thinking about this and like, well Lord, how do I know what to use for different things? And you know, for one situation there might be multiple things you know, and so you, it's easy to get caught up in, well, I have to do this. I have to have peace, but then I have to use the word, but then I have to. And there's all these things that you can do when Satan tries to do something in your life. But the Lord just told me, he said, well, just ask me. And whatever I give you, do that. Amen. We don't need, we don't need to proclaim all the scriptures at one time. We just need to proclaim the scriptures that he's given us to proclaim. Right? Amen. And the devil, you know, the devil, his attacks on our life are pretty similar than the ones before. He'll lie to you. He'll try to get you into pride, right? He'll do all those things. But lying, that's, a, that's one of the biggest things that the devil wants to use because he knows that the battlefield's in our mind. He knows that if he can attack our mind and get us thinking lower of ourselves than we are or lower of our, of our circumstances than it is, Amen. Then he has an end to our life. Amen. So we want, so then, in uh, to combat all that, right? The Bible talks about in Ephesians that we use, we put on the armor of God. And uh, so if we go to Ephesians six eleven, the Bible says, "Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or against the schemes of the devil." So how do we stand against the schemes of the devil? We put on the whole armor of God. Amen. We don't put on my, I don't put on my armor. I don't get up and put on my armor. No, I put on his armor that's custom made to fit me in any situation that I need to go through. And we have to put on our armor every single day. Amen. Sometimes we need, maybe need to sleep with our armor on. The devil likes to attack either, you know, at the most opportune time. Remember when Jesus was being tempted by Satan, and then it said that Satan left him for a more opportune time. And then we see again in the Garden of Gethsemane, I really believe that Satan was trying to attack Jesus when Jesus was saying, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, let it happen, but not my will, but your will be done. So the devil is going to try to attack us at our highest point or at our lowest point. But it says that we, we put on the whole armor of God, that we stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Amen. So, in the New Testament, so in the Old Testament, Joshua defeated, you know, you, you read about Joshua and all the armies that he defeated in the natural. Well, in the New Testament, the Lord deals with what's inside of us, not the external, but the internal. Amen. So while Joshua was defeating enemies of the Lord um, in battle, now we don't fight against enemies in flesh and blood. I'm not anybody's enemy here or out in the world or anybody that's against me. I don't consider them an enemy. Right. But it says that we fight against, we war against principalities. We war against powers. We war against things that we can't see. Right. 
And so we can't fight a battle in, in the spiritual realm with natural things. If I had a sword and I just started waving it in the air, you guys would think I'm crazy. You're saying you're not hitting anything. It's all a spiritual battle. It's all in the mind. Right? But if I take the word and, I, and, I, and then I, I get into the spiritual realm and I say, devil, I know what you're doing. It's not going to work because I have my sword with me, my spiritual sword with me. Amen. Then we can fight and then we can win battles in our life. Right? And so we want to use the sword, the spiritual sword, in any battle. And the Bible talks about... uh, I think I missed some. Can we actually go to 13? Ephesians 6, 13. And it goes through the... It goes through all the, the... the armor that we have to put on. Amen. And uh, it says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand within the evil day and having all done to, done all to stand. And he's in 14. I'm going to be going down. Sorry about that. Missed it here. Ephesians 6.14. But we have all this armor that we put on. And one thing that the Lord was showing me is that it's not just armor to protect against everything, but it's armor that protects us against the things that the devil is going to use the most. And it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. So what do we use truth to defend against? Well, we use truth to defend against the devil's lies. Amen? The belt, you know, my, my pants right now, I have a belt on, and it's holding up my pants. It's keeping everything together, right? My shirt's tucked in. Truth holds our life together. Amen? Amen? And we get truth from the Word of God. So the Word of God holds our life together. And then it says, then we have, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, amen, we're defending against temptation from sin. Because again, the Bible says in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 5.21 that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we put on this breastplate of righteousness. We know who we are in Christ. Amen. So then when, devils, when the devil says, no, you're not really adopted into that family. When he says, no, you really don't have that authority, we can say, no, I have an inheritance. I am a part of the body of Christ. Amen. And so I can, I can withstand this attack that you're trying to come at me with. Ephesians 6.15. says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Another thing, another uh, attack that the enemy will try to come against you with is anxiety, is fear. He doesn't want us to live in peace. Amen. And I believe that, that Paul framed it, that we, our feet have the preparation of the gospel of peace, because that's how we want to walk. We want to walk in peace. Amen. Amen. The fruit of the Spirit, I love, joy, peace, patience. Amen. So if we walk in peace, amen, if, if uh, you know, I have my shoes on right now, that means any anxiety or any fear is under my feet. The Bible says the devil is under our feet, so any anxiety... Any fear that I walk on with these shoes, I could walk on gravel, I could walk on rocks, and my feet wouldn't hurt. Well, with peace, we have, the, we have peace of God. The Bible says that he wants to give us the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And when we get that peace, then anything that comes in, and we can just walk on it with peace. Any anxiety, we just walk on it with peace. Amen. So, we, again, we know who we are in Jesus. And then we go to Ephesians 16 and 17, and it says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Amen. So again, our shield of faith, defense, defensive weapon, right? And so that we can, we can shield anything that tries to come at us. And one thing about our shield of faith, if I just hold it here, well, then I'm exposed here and I'm exposed here. If I just hold it right in the middle of my, of my chest, right, or my belly. So what do I have to do with my shield of faith? Well, I have to move it, right? Faith is an action. And we put, it's not just, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Well, the works is, okay, the, the, the dart's coming from my mind, I have to put it up here. All right, the dart's coming for my, for my peace, I have to put it down here. Amen? So as we move our shield of faith, you know, based on what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, amen, we, we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Well, the helmet of salvation, again, it protects our mind. A helmet protects our mind, amen? And so we put on the helmet of salvation. Again, we're saying, no, devil, I know who I am. I know what Jesus did for me on the cross. And you can't, uh, you can't come at me with feeling of inferiority or insecurity or, or that uh, I'm not good enough. And when we realize, again, it's, it's the armor of God, when we realize that we're not in it by ourselves and we can't do it by ourselves, amen, then we're going to uh, be able to go on the offensive with the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So when we take the sword of the Spirit, again, we attack Satan by the blood of the Lamb. We attack Satan by the word of our testimony, amen, because our testimony should line up with what the word says, right? We have to remember that we have authority over the devil, and that's, that's really what I want to talk about a lot about today, is just our authority over Satan. And he knows it, that's the thing, he knows that we have authority over him. Not once that I can think of uh, in the New Testament does Jesus say to ask him to take the devil out of your life. He doesn't ask you, he doesn't say, yeah, just come to me and I'll just get rid of the devil for you. No, why? Because we have authority over the devil. Amen. I even think of, you know, in the book of Job when, when Satan, uh, you know, was sifting Job and was doing all these things to Job. And I think, well, in the New Testament, now we have the authority to come against the, the devil. Amen. Now we have the authority to make him leave. Amen. But we have to know our authority. We have to know that we have it. Let's go to Acts 19. And the Bible says in uh, 19.13 that that some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Although there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so, and the evil spirit answered and said, Well, Jesus I know. And Paul I know, but who are you? What happened? They were trying to exercise an authority they didn't have. Right? They were trying to exercise the name of Jesus, but they weren't in relationship with Jesus. The exorcists had no authority because they hadn't been given authority by Jesus. Because it says then in, in verse 16 that the man whom the evil spirit was, leaped, was in leaped on them, overpowered them and prevailed against them. So they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So, so you can look at that verse and say, well, um, nothing, nothing happened. Satan was, Satan was too powerful. No, they weren't using their, 
they didn't have any authority to use. Right? And that's the difference between a believer, somebody who believes in Jesus, and somebody who doesn't, is that we have authority over the devil in our life. When we make a decision to follow Jesus, we make a a decision to ask Jesus into our heart, that now gives us authority over our life against the enemy. Because until we do that, the Bible says we become, um, become bondage in sin. We're living in sin. Well, that's the devil's playground, isn't it? So if we don't have the project protection of the blood of Jesus over our life, then the devil can do what he wants to in our life. But as soon as we have that protection, as soon as we make that decision to say, I'm going to live for Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died on the cross and rose again for my, for my sins. That protection comes over us. Amen. And I love that, that the evil spirit, he didn't just say, Jesus, I know. But he said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. When we, the devil can sense authority. He knows, you know, he, he didn't just try to exalt himself above God because he didn't know what authority was. Right? No, he knew what authority was. And in our lives, he knows who has the authority. He knows that we have the authority over him. So that's the only reason. That's why he has to lie. That's why he has to scheme. That's why he has to cause fear. He wants to get our mind off of the authority that we have in in Christ Jesus. Anyone who is in Christ has an authority in these areas. Anyone who calls himself, who who lives the Christian walk, who calls himself a Christian, who, who really truly believes that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave, has this authority. Now, that doesn't mean that we all walk in that authority. Amen. You see, sometimes, you know, Christians can be just as fearful and just as terrified as people in the world. But I'm here to tell you that you don't have to be. We don't have to be, as Christians, we don't have to be terrified of things that go on. I was reading just the other day just some things going on, um, you know, murders in in Nigeria, where Christians are just being rounded up and just point blank murdered. And I think, wow, you know, here in the United States, I think even going out to the bars and, and people might say something mean to you, which has happened to me before. You know, but that's, I'm so, I'm so grateful that I have the word for something so small that I can say, nope, I'm not going to let that affect me. Amen. I'm not going to let that derail me. The story that I read about in Nigeria was, um, these, uh, these domestic terrorists basically, basically drew a line in the sand and said, if you want to, if, if, if you convert back to Muslim, come over here. And then there's, on the other side, there's a guy in white with uh, a machete or an axe. And he said, if you want to stay with your God, go over there. Point blank. And I think he said seven, the, the guy that wrote this said seven Christians decided to stay with Jesus. Amen. Why? Because they knew, one, they knew that even if they, if, even if they died, they knew where they were going. Amen. Because Jesus... Yeah, in this life, there's things that happen, and we, and, and we all want to grow to be 70, 80 years old, but things do happen in this life. But we know if we're a Christian that we already have authority, that we've already defeated, that we have the victory over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. So even if we do go before our time, or what we think is our time, amen, we've already defeated the devil. Amen? Amen. amen. He knows it. And so we have the word... Amen. We have authority through the word to thwart any attack that Satan has in our life. 
These exorcists didn't have any authority because they hadn't been given the authority by Jesus. They hadn't been adopted into the family with the inherent authority that we've been given. Amen? I talked about this before. You know, I adopted uh, our three oldest uh, just three, four, five years ago, something like that. And, uh, you know, what they do is actually change the birth certificate. When you adopt somebody... And you, and you fully adopt, and they change the birth certificate. And so now listed as parent, on their birth certificate, it shows my name. And I thought that was so cool, you know, and, and because there's no, there's not this separation. Amen. With God, when we're adopted, sometimes there can be a stigma on adoption, but when we're adopted into the family of God, there's no stigma. Amen. Amen. When we're adopted into the family of God, we get the same inheritance. The Bible says that we become co-heirs with Christ. Amen. Isn't that, a, isn't that good news? Aren't you glad that it's not just for the Israelites anymore? Amen. That we can partake, amen, in this divine nature that Jesus has for us. Hallelujah. <laughs> so anyone is, who is in Christ has authority in these areas. Let's go to Mark 16, verse 17. The Bible says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. I just want to say, you know, cast out demons, that doesn't just mean um, exercising authority over a demon possession, but also means exercising authority over demon oppression. Amen. So maybe nobody here is demon possessed, but the devil wants to oppress us in different areas of our life. And he wants to oppress us. He wants to uh, attack us when maybe uh, things aren't going well in our marriage. He wants to attack us when we have children or, or parents that have gone away from what the Word says, gone away from Jesus. He wants to attack us in those areas. But the Bible says that these signs will follow those who believe. Amen. So if you're a believer, who's a believer here in this place today? Amen. So those who believe in His name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Next verses say that, that they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. All those are God given to us. So believers have authority over the enemy. Jesus says in Matthew 28 that all authority has been given to him. Therefore, you go out and make disciples. Amen. Amen. Because authority was given to him, he's saying now we can go out and we can make disciples of all the nations. Why did he say that? Because he transferred his power and his authority to us. Amen. Amen. Because he has it and he lives in us, we can use that authority that he's given. Amen. Let's go to Luke 10, 19. The Bible says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He gave us authority over all the power of the enemy. Which, what does that mean? If we think about it, that means the enemy doesn't have any power in your life. If we don't let him have power, he doesn't have power. He gave us the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over everything that the enemy wants to do in your life. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's easy to think, well, I'm not a very good Christian because I did this last weekend and everything. No, you still have the authority. Right? You still have the authority. Well, I'm not a very good speaker. It's hard for me to go up and pray for somebody. You still have the authority. Amen? Amen. You still have the authority to pray for somebody. Amen? Even if we committed, you know, the Bible says 
that uh, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, even if we commit an act of unrighteousness, we still have the authority. Amen. Right. Amen. If, if one of my kids uh, gets in trouble, does something I don't, I don't like, then don't want them to do, well, he still has my inheritance, right? Amen. Even if we mess up, we still have an inheritance in Jesus. We still have the authority in the name of Jesus. James 4, 6-7 says, But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? And, uh, and so there's, you know, I really believe this, this verse, there's two parts to it. First, we, we humble ourselves, we submit to God. Amen? Because when we submit to God, we're saying, well, I, I know I can't do it on my own, just under my power, but, just, but the power and the authority that was given me through Jesus, because it's not an earthly authority, amen, it's not an earthly power, but it's a spiritual one. And so first we want to submit ourselves to God. In order to walk in the authority that God has given for us, we need to be submissive to him. We want to be submissive to his will in our life. We don't want to walk in pride, but we want to walk in humility. And multiple times in the Gospels, Jesus talks about humility. Uh, one example, Matthew 20. And it's going to be, we're going to read a, long, a lot of it, but we're going to just pick out a few parts. The mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him, from Jesus. And he said to her, what do you wish? And she said, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one at your right hand and one at left, one on the left in your kingdom. And Jesus answered and said, uh, you don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And be baptized with the baptism that I am to be baptized with. And they said, yep, we're able. We can do it. We go to verse 23. And I love this part. He says, so he said, yeah, you will indeed drink of the cup that I'm going to uh, be drinking and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it's for those whom it is prepared by my father. And I so I look at this in, interaction and, and the mother of James and John are thinking, wow, they're, they're part of Jesus' upper echelon. Why, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to just to sit a little bit higher than everybody else. <laughs> so he says that, that it's not left for him to give, but it's for those who have been prepared for my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself, called them to himself and said, you know that the rules... Rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Verse 26. It says, Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you, let him be a servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So we see Jesus, Jesus is the Messiah. He's this leader. He's the great teacher. He's the rabbi. But he says he didn't come to be served. He didn't come for everybody to do everything for him. No, he came to serve. Amen. Amen. And, and the lowest form of servanthood, he says here, to give his life a ransom for many. How many kings, how many leaders and rulers would give their life for the people that they supposedly rule. I even think about when the lady that was caught in the act of adultery and 
Jesus says to the Pharisees, if anybody doesn't have sin among you, cast the first stone, which was according to the law, right? The law was she should be stoned. Well, do you ever notice that in that, Jesus was the only one who could have rightly picked up a stone and thrown it. But what did he do? He said, no, I'm not, I'm not coming as this, you know, he is the Messiah, but I came to serve. I always think, too, you know, when, when John, I feel like when John was writing the book, his book, and, uh, you know, and then it gets to the point, he's like, oh, yeah, I remember Jesus washed our feet. You know, John didn't use the term, the one whom Jesus loved, until after he wrote that in the book of John. I really believe that John got a revelation, like, wow, he washed my feet. He must really love me. Amen. He must really care for me. Amen. I really do think he got a revelation, like, wow. Man, we, can, we all can call ourselves that. The one whom Jesus loved. Loves. Amen. The one whom Jesus loves. He gave his life for us. He came down not as this almighty and powerful God, but as a, as a man. As a man, he gave his life. So he is humble. And we want to do the same things as Jesus did, right? We want to imitate. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So when we, when we humble ourselves and we stand humility to Jesus, amen, then that's when we have the authority to go out and do it. Amen. And then the second part of it says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, flee from you. And so, we submit ourselves to God, we bring ourselves down, amen, and then we resist the devil. And who does he flee from? You. Amen. He doesn't flee from Jesus, although Jesus is in it, but he flees from you, amen. When Paul cast out demons, they didn't flee just from the name of Jesus, but who the person who is using the name of Jesus. Again, the name of Jesus is powerful. Amen. But we see the seven sons of Sceva using the name of Jesus, and it didn't work. Why? Because they didn't have the authority. Amen. Again, we have a, this relationship with the Holy Spirit, and it takes both of us to do something. You know, those, those sons, they were just trying to use one part of the relationship. They didn't have a relationship with Jesus. They just said, no, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to leave. Well, it didn't work, right? It didn't work because they didn't have authority. They didn't have relationship. When we partner ourselves with the Lord, amen, then now we do have the authority to say it. We do have the authority for things to happen in our life, to come against any attack. Amen. So when Satan attacks us, he already knows that we can cause him to flee. When we're coupled, when we're, when we're joined together with Jesus, he knows that we can cause him to flee. In fact, in the New Testament, whenever it talks about dealing with the devil, it never says that we should just pray to God to take, to take care of it either. Right? And there's a couple examples. You know, in fact, Jesus expects us to deal with issues that arrive by just having faith in him. When we have faith in him, that's how we're going to deal with issues that, that arrive. And so I want to look at a couple examples where the Lord holds us accountable to use this authority. The first one's in Luke 22. And, uh, and the Lord said, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother. Notice that Jesus didn't rebuke the devil. He didn't say, no, you get out of Peter's life. No, but what did he say? I have prayed for you, Peter, that your faith should not fail. That you can stand in faith, even when the devil tries to sift you, that you stand in faith. 
And when you have returned to me, again, he's speaking a declaration. Deb speaks tons of great declarations when she speaks here. And uh, every one of them is correct, amen? Out of the word. When you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. You strengthen your brethren. Amen. We, I think we have a lot more responsibility and accountability um, in our daily, daily life than a lot of people think. Amen. He delegates a lot, of, a lot to us. In fact, I'm convinced that a lot of times, you know, when something doesn't happen, it's not because uh, Jesus won't do it, but because he can't do it, because saints aren't using the authority given to them. Amen. Jesus didn't rebuke the devil, but he prayed for his faith. Sometimes when we don't see the results that we're looking for in prayer, it's not because we don't have enough faith, but because it's hard to continue to have faith for a long period of time. Amen? He said that his faith, not that he would have faith, Jesus didn't pray that you would have faith, but that the faith that you have would not fail you. Amen? Amen. When, I think I've mentioned this before, when Peter walked on the water, it wasn't that he didn't have any faith, but his faith didn't sustain until he got to Jesus. His faith happened for a little bit, and then it, and then it failed. When, we, when, when you go through something for a long period of time, it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy for the devil to come in and say, well, that's not going to happen. It must not be God's will. All these things. Well, no, we just got to keep the faith. Amen. We want to we pray for ourselves, for others, that our faith would not fail. Because Satan constantly wants to sift us. He constantly wants to make things hard for you in your life. Amen? And, uh, you know, it's a great, you know, even this message kind of couples with, you know, when the Bible says, count it all joy when you come on to various trials. Amen? Not that I believe Jesus causes things, bad things in our life, but when things happen, we can still count it all joy. Amen. Even when, you know what, even when Satan attacks you, and it's, it's a, it's a um, blatant attack from the enemy, the Bible says we can still count it all joy. Amen? Amen? Because on this earth, in heaven, we're going to be perfect. Not going to be, we're not going to need to be strengthened or anything like that. But on this earth, when we go through things, when we go through attacks, when the enemy, when the enemy wants to steal and kill and to destroy us, amen, and we say, nope, amen. I'm going to hold on to my faith, I'm going to stay steadfast in my faith, in the faith that Jesus gave me, my faith isn't going to fail, and we get through it, we do end up stronger on the other side of it, don't amen. we? Amen. We do end up stronger than when maybe when maybe we first uh, first experience the attack. It's kind of like if I'm if I'm you know practicing for a basketball tournament, and the more I, I shoot my jumper, the better I'm going to be at it. But if I didn't if I went through the whole summer and I didn't pick up a basketball, I'm not going to be very good at my tournament, am I? But if I practice, if I go through things. Yeah, maybe after the first couple of days, my arms are a little sore because I haven't picked up a basketball in a while. What happens? My arms start to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Just one example, by the way. I like, I like basketball. <laughs> Amen. But he wants to continue to make things hard for us. Amen. And Jesus, knowing that Simon had the authority to stand in faith, because, you know, even, even before that, um, when, when the waves in the wind obeyed Jesus, Jesus basically told them, why didn't you guys do anything about it? Well, they had the authority over the wind and the waves, right? They had, they had authority over the storm. So Jesus knew that Simon had authority to stand, 
but he was praying that his faith wouldn't fail. That he, was fa- he was praying that he could stand hold, hold fast to faith for as long as he needed to, to hold fast in that area. When Jesus said in Luke that he was praying for Peter's faith, he was given responsibility to him to take authority over the enemy. Amen. I'm praying that your faith, you keep your faith built up. Amen. He was giving him responsibility. He was telling him, you have the authority of the enemy. Another example is 2 Corinthians 12. And this is Paul talking here, and he says, Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So it's important to note that it was a messenger of Satan that came to him, to buffet him, to sift him, to attack him. And he says in verse 8, Concerning these things I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Amen. So you got Paul here saying, Lord, take this thing away from me. I don't want it anymore. And Jesus is saying, no, the authority and the power and the grace that I've given you is sufficient for you to deal with this yourself. And then it says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I was studying this out a little bit. I didn't put it in in my notes or anything, but um, the Bible says that when Jesus was crucified, he became weak. Amen. And so when I look at this and it says, my grace is sufficient for you, my strength, is made perfect in weakness. When we realize that of ourselves, we don't have anything to offer, when we realize that I can't do it by myself, that's when his strength is perfected in our life. Amen. When we realize that it's not my own authority, but it's the authority given to me by God to, to go on the offensive or to defend against the enemy's attacks, his strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ they rest on me. Amen. Now, I believe the power of Christ always rests on us. But it's more evident when we're going through a storm, when we're going through a battle, right? That, wow, I know I can't do this on my own. But if I put my faith in Jesus, if I exercise the authority that he's given me, wow, look how, look how big God showed up in my life. Amen. Amen. Sometimes when we're going through something, and sometimes it's easier to see um, Jesus showing up big in our life. Not that he doesn't always do it, but sometimes it's easier to see that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul said, pleaded with the Lord, take it away. And the Lord didn't say, okay, Paul, I'll do that for you. I'll I'll just take it away. No, he didn't. He said, my grace is sufficient. Amen. He said, for you to speak to this mountain, for you to resist the devil, for you to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. My grace is sufficient for you to do all those things. When Jesus died on the cross, um, for us it says, the Bible says that we've been justified by grace. Amen. We've been justified by, not our grace, but by His grace. We've been justified by His grace. Amen. We, we become children of God by His grace. Amen. We're healed, yeah, by the blood of, by, by the blood of Jesus, by the stripes on His back, but... By His grace. Amen? Hallelujah. By, by grace, um, through faith, we're saved. Amen. By grace, through faith, we're healed. By grace, through faith, we have authority over anything the devil tries to throw at us. The reason why the Lord doesn't do things for us 
a lot of times is because he'd much rather do things with us. Amen. Again, it's that relationship. He wants to walk hand in hand with us uh, to thwart any attack that the enemy has for us. Amen. Yeah, he wants us to rely on him, and that's what we're supposed to do. But he's also saying, you, know, you, have, you have something to do on your part. Keep your faith up. Keep your faith strong. Ephesians 1.19 says, uh, What the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So we have this mighty power, and he worked it through Jesus when he raised him from the dead. This same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us now. Amen. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all attacks of the enemy, all principalities, all power, all might and dominion, every name that is named. Amen. He put himself above COVID. He put himself above cancer. Amen. He put himself above a bad doctor's report. He put him above all financial attacks. Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come, which includes us, ages to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Amen. So all this authority, all this power, the, the name that is, that is above every other name, he gave it to us. Amen. And it says that he gave it to be head over over all things of the church. You know, so Jesus is the head. He's the head of the body of Christ, but we are the body. Amen. And without the body, the head, if I, if I just had a head, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> right? But with the body, I can move and I can do things, amen, for his glory. Jesus says that, you know, when the Holy Spirit came, that you'll be able to do things I did and even greater. Amen. amen. So what does that say? It says that we have responsibility, we have authority, we have power to do those things that Jesus wants us to do. Amen. And on October 23rd, we have a power and the authority, amen, to go out and to preach the gospel. Amen. To not be ashamed, to preach it confidently, to preach it with authority. Amen. To show love confidently and with authority, to show grace to people, to tell them that we can confidently say, you know, Jesus has a better plan for your life. He has good things planned for you. Amen. So we have that. And he put all things under his feet, gave him head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. Aren't you glad we're the fullness of God? Oh. We are the fullness of God. Whew. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Any spots that need to be filled, the body of Christ can plug it up. Amen. Any authority that needs to be directed, Body of Christ, use your authority. Use your authority for what Jesus has asked us to do. Amen. Let's go to Romans 8.34. Just a couple more verses here. It says, Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So, another thing about when we can... um, come against and when the enemy tries to attack us and we can combat it, is we, we got to know, we want to know that we have Jesus is interceding for us to the Father. Amen. Amen. Jesus, when Jesus prayed that, that Peter, I pray that your faith won't fail, fail, Jesus never quit praying for us. Amen. He's consistently, constantly interceding for us. 
He's praying that we use our authority that was legally given to us by God. He's praying that we'll be able to stand in the evil day having done all to stand. He's praying that we put on our armor. Amen. He's praying that we believe his testimony and his report rather than the worldly report. Amen. He's praying that we just, just he's just saying, just lay hands on somebody, they'll, the sick, they'll recover in my name. I mean, he's praying for us. He continually and constantly prays for us. Amen. Amen. And it's not like, it's not like, okay, I'm, Jesus isn't like, oh, I'm going to pray for Steve for half an hour, and then, you know, and then I'm going to pray for Jeff for half an hour. No, he's constantly praying for all of us at the same time. Amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit, there's no, there's no boundaries with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There's nothing he can't do. Amen. There's, there's no time restrictions for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So he continue to pray for us. Amen. So no matter what the devil wants to do in our life, we have the authority to resist him. It doesn't mean that we'll only have to do it once. It's not like if, I, if, I, if I'm tempted in an area and I say, in the name of Jesus, I, I rebuke you, I command you to leave, and he leaves, it doesn't mean that he's not going to try to come back. Right? But every day, every day we exercise our authority. Every day we exercise our authority. Over my kids, if I tell, if I tell one of my kids that, no, I don't want you doing that, is that the last time I'm going to have to say that? Probably not. No, what do I do? I continue to exercise my authority. I continue to exercise. We, against the devil, we continue to exercise our authority. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. One more verse here. 1 Peter 5. We're going to go back to it. 5, 8, and 9 this time. So we read this before. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then the Bible says in verse 9, resist him. Amen? So yeah, this is the devil's credentials. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So we want to resist him. Amen? That's pretty clear, isn't it? And Jesus wouldn't tell us to do it if he knew we couldn't. Amen? It's like when he says, uh, I've gone to prepare a place for you. If it wasn't true, I, wasn't, I wouldn't tell you. Amen? Well, anything in his word that he tells us that we have, if it's not true, he wouldn't have told us in the first place. If it didn't work, he wouldn't have told us in the first place. So we have this, this, this devil. He walks about like a roaring lion, wanting to devour people. Amen. But the Bible says that we resist him steadfast in faith. When we put our faith in Jesus and we know, okay, he gave me authority. He gave me authority to, to thwart the devil's plan in this. Amen. We can resist and we can have faith knowing, again, that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And that's what gives us, again, also authority and power to pray for those that we don't know. You know, so I always try to pray for our brothers and sisters that are going through unbelievably horrible things in other parts of the world. But again, we have the authority to pray. We have the authority to believe. We have the authority through Jesus, even if we don't know him. Amen. To... uh, to pray for strength, to pray for peace. Amen? So many times we stop at verse 8, but we can go to verse 9, it says just resist him. Use your God-given authority and resist him by being steadfast in the faith. And we know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen? So, just like every message should, it all points back to the word. Amen? It all points back to Jesus and the word. Amen? And so... So when we're st- standing steadfast in faith, 
Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more that we're in this, the more we can stand in faith. The more that we're in this, the more authority we know we have. Amen. The more we know who we are in Jesus. Amen. So what I want you to get out of this this morning is that you have the authority. Amen. Not just somebody who's been a Christian for 35 years. Not just a pastor. Not just an evangelist. Not just a prophet. No. We individually have authority over the enemy in our life. Amen. In our own lives, we have authority over the enemy. When we pray for people in the name of Jesus, it says we cast out demons. We have authority over the enemy in people's lives. Amen? You aren't inferior. You aren't powerless. Amen? Sometimes it feels like that. It's like, oh, man, the devil is just attacking me. And, oh, 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 oh. You know, bullets coming, flying at me. And, no, we have authority. Amen? We're not powerless. We're strong in the Lord. When we put his armor on, it's an impenetrable armor, armor isn't it? There's nothing that can get through the armor of God. Amen. You have the authority to thwart the enemy's plans in your life. Amen. I just want to encourage you this morning, you know, if there's anybody going through anything, uh, find somebody to pray with. Amen. Let's practice this today, exercising our authority over the enemy. If there's an attack that you know um, is going on in your life, uh, we don't have to, we're not going to make it a, an altar call or anything like that, but after the service today, just go to somebody. Go to somebody and say, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this. The enemy's really trying to attack me in this area. Can you stand in faith with me to release our authority to him that he can't do this? Amen? Yeah. Amen. Because the Bible said, I mean, there, there's, there are power in, in, in numbers as well, right? Yeah. We, we join faith together. In the upper room, they were all in one accord. They are all in one mind and one heart, one spirit of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we, we just, we're so grateful that you've given us the responsibility to thwart any of the, our enemies' attacks. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you have given us power and authority over all things, Lord. That you have given us uh, your word, Lord, that we can have faith in your word to combat anything that Satan tries to do in our life, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray just as we continue to read the word, as we continue to gain knowledge, or we continue to realize who we are in Jesus, who we are in you, Lord. Hallelujah. That we're not inferior, that we're not below, that you've made, that you've made us the head and not the tail. You made us above only and not beneath. In the name of Jesus, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So I thank you that today we can go out and we can exercise our authority against anything that Satan has for us, Lord. Amen. I just pray that you just give us wisdom. You give us revelation of this, Lord, in your word. I thank you for what you're saying to the church right now, Lord. This is such an awesome responsibility that we have to live our life for you, to be ambassadors for you, to go out and to witness your gospel, Lord. Amen. We were made in such a time as this. And so, Lord, I pray and I bless everybody that goes about their day today, their afternoons. Lord, I just thank you for um, that they can be encouraged that they can go out and they can do your will, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. 
For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.